Podcast. I am your host, Blake Mayfield, and I'm here today with the owner and operator of Good Times Pizza and Things in Palisadro, California, Mr. Troy Parrott. Troy, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. You don't have to call me Mr. Howard for a living. <laughs> Makes me always look for my dad, too. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to all the listeners. Thank you guys very much for streaming, downloading, however you're listening to this right now. I really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into it. So, Troy, we'll just hit right off the bat. How long have you owned Good Times Pizza and Things out About here? Four years this year. Gotcha. Four years. It's been amazing. Super opportunity. Like I said earlier, we are, I wanted my own pizza shop since I was eight years old. And then get the opportunity to is amazing. Uh, amazing. So Jeanette and Eddie Axner owned it before us. And uh, uh, Jeanette's mom owned it before that. And all the way back down to the single one that was in uh, Anderson which I worked at when I was 17. The one that's now Player's Pizza. The one that's now Player's Pizza was gotcha. the original Good Times. Yes, So okay. My mom was telling me that, and I, I knew that before because a lot of the regulars there, I worked there for a little while, a couple years ago, they'd be like, oh, this was Good Times, blah, blah, blah. And um, I didn't know if Good Times was like a multiple restaurant, like not chain, but like it had multiple locations or if it was just out here in Palisadro. But it sounds like it kind of moved from Anderson to Palisadro back in the day, or were there multiple locations of it? There were, I believe there were four, uh, two in Reading, one in Anderson, and one out here. Oh, okay. And then uh, Charlie sold the one in Anderson, and then they sold the ones in Reading, so the only one left was out here. It used to be right over there where Red Rock is. Okay. And then it moved here, so. Gotcha. It's been here for about 20 plus years. Awesome. What made you want to buy good, I mean, obviously it was your dream, but like, how did the opportunity present itself oh, four man. years ago? Um, Jeanette. Hired me as a manager, and I came out of here and managed uh, for a year, and uh, I, it was an awesome opportunity. She uh, wanted me to come through and, and, and look at it and see if I could, you know, could fix it or take it up to another notch or something, and, and the more I worked here, the more I loved it, and then one day she just came to me and says, you want to buy this place? <laughs> it was really awesome. So Just spur the moment kind of thing? Yeah, and I was like, I so do, but I don't know how. <laughs> Right. So. How long did it take for you, you think, to kind of get a, a hold of it and kind of really understand the business and what you're getting yourself into? Well, I've been, I've been in pizza for about 35 years. I'm a good manager, and I say that with no humbleness at all. I'm a good manager. But it doesn't correlate into being a good owner. And there was a lot of things that I had to learn as an owner perspective that I didn't know as a manager. And uh, honestly, I've been here four years, and I'm still putting my hands around it. So we're still evolving and, and, and growing. So there's not anything that's, that's like, oh yeah, I got that figured out. Because <laughs> it just keeps growing. Yeah. So, so I'm still learning. Awesome. Well, what's the biggest thing that you think you, what was the biggest thing you got right going manager to owner? And what's the biggest thing you got wrong, you think, going from manager to owner? Uh, probably the biggest thing we got right is having an idea how to do business. In our head, in my head, I said, I think if we do business this way, it'll be successful. And we nailed it right on the nose. So and that's being community involved, taking care of the people that come through here, giving as much as you can, and just taking care of every customer as an individual, not as a group. And I think the thing that I got the most wrong is 
I underestimated, I underestimated what we were capable of in the beginning due to my own fear. So some people get scared because they're not gonna, they're not gonna be successful. I think my fear is of being successful and messing it up. <laughs> so, Why is that? Well, where does that come from? Uh, probably from me shooting myself in the foot <laughs> for 35 years. Every time something good happens, I do something, mess it up, or something comes along, messes it up. And, and I got to tell you that biggest fear last year that it was all going to fall apart was that COVID thing. So Right. So How'd you guys deal with that? What was the biggest hurdle you think you had to clear as far as, I mean, obviously you guys, I assume shut down the dining and stuff for a little while, but how long did it take to open stuff back up and what was the biggest challenge to getting stuff back to normal, as they say, a year removed from it? The fear of it, the nobody actually knew what was going on. The misinformation, the information that changed every day. I think that was the biggest part that held everybody back. But pizza in general as a business is geared for takeout delivery. So if I don't have somebody in my dining room, you know, we can still make a couple bucks. But I tell you, I hated that. I hated not having anybody in my dining room. I hated not hearing the buzz. I mean, if you walk out there, you can hear it. It's, it's people. Right. And, and that, Conversation. Oh, it's, it, there's nothing like it. If you love it, there's nothing like it. But that was, that was a huge hurdle. And, and wanting to, having to follow the rules, not wanting to. That was a huge hurdle. I didn't want anybody coming in and telling me how to run my business. So, but right. I told my wife when this first happened, when Newsom came on, he said, uh, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And I said, no, I don't, this is my business. I'm gonna run it the way I want. I'm gonna keep my doors open and I'm gonna let everybody eat inside. And my wife came to me and she kissed me on the lips and she said, you know what, you're right and your community will love you for it. But everybody else will burn you in effigy. So we set up a plan so we can adapt to it and we went, closed the dining, we did outdoor seating, cost me a bundle to do that. And we put tents up and served outside. And, and then it just changed. Every day it changed. There was something you couldn't do or something you had to do. Or, right. And it's just scary as a business owner because you're like, are we gonna be open? Are we gonna be closed? Is he gonna come on the television and say, you have to close? You know, and I mean, it's just like, I got 27 employees and I'm trying to figure out ways to keep them employed. So it, 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 just the day-to-day -day thing was super, super scary. As, as, as an owner, I mean, I can't imagine places that, what they went through that didn't do takeout or weren't big enough to do delivery or takeout and stuff. That must have been scary as hell, so. Yeah, absolutely. So as an owner of a pizza parlor, what's your favorite pizza besides your own in the community, if you have one? Um, I love, uh, I love players. You know, I like their product a lot. West Side Pizza is super good. Uh, okay. Poppy's up there on Lake Boulevard is good. You know, I mean, there's, I, we eat pizza, my wife and I eat pizza everywhere we go. Drives are crazy, but we eat pizza everywhere we go because you always learn something. You go, you, you find something you like or the way they do it or a super crust. We went up to Reno into a place up there and oh my God, the crust was amazing. I like said, talked about it for like four days. Mars said, just shut up, man. But it was like super amazing. So you always find, but those are my places that I like to eat, you know? So, cause I know they got a good product and, uh, and I, and I know the owners and the people that work there, and they're just small business people trying to make it right. You know, they're not cutting corners to make a buck. They're just trying to do it right. Right. So. Yeah, 100%. What's the biggest thing in the last year since COVID and everything that you've seen in the community of Palisadro as far as them coming out to support you? What was your favorite moment? Do you have like a favorite time? Do you have a favorite night in particular? Or was there anything that 
really just uh, knock your socks off, if you will. Uh, it's there's this community is absolutely crazy. It's got twelve hundred people in it, and it's absolutely crazy through through snowmageddon when it snowed and everything was closed. We got absolutely <laughs> smashed through the power outages because oh, we have our own generator here, so we were up. So everybody came here for the Wi-Fi and to get out, you know, because nobody had power to eat out and stuff like that. To just this, I mean, they have not stopped supporting us even through this. Even even after this whole year of us changing things around, I can't do this again. They just keep coming through the door, and it's 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 humbling. It really, really, truly is. It's it's amazing and exciting and humbling, and 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 it just I don't feel like we can do enough from our aspect to the community for what they have done for us. What's your favorite part about owning a pizza parlor now that you've fulfilled this lifelong dream? I get free pizza every day. <laughs> That's a good part, yeah. No, I think uh, being able to do what you want, when you want, how you want has a freedom to make let you do what you want, when you want, how you want. and. When I can decide what I want to give or when I can decide that I want to change this or I decide this. So its success is based on my decision making. So and there's a lot of there's a lot of self self gratification to go, see I told you that would work. Because I've worked for big companies and I said, Hey, we should do business this way. And they're like, No, that's not how we do it. And I'm like, then to be able to come here and put that into play and watch it work. It's just like you want to stand out in front of your shop and flip everybody else off. I told you that would work. See, I told you. There's a lot of gratification. And every day to be able to come in and open the door and see people smiling and be happy and, and listen to them say, hey, your pizza is really good and we're really glad you're here. There's a, you, just, you, can't, you can't put a value on that. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And just one last thing, because I trust me, as much as anyone else is done hearing about it, I'm talking about it, I am as well. As far as COVID and the pandemic goes, what's the biggest thing that that taught you about your own business that you didn't know or maybe opened your eyes to something that you didn't know beforehand? Adapt, improvise, and overcome. Don't get stuck staring down the barrel of a gun. Get moving. You know, clock's ticking, get the living. So, and I think that's what it really taught us is that don't sit on your hind feet when something happens, address it. Go, okay, how do we get around it? How do we make it work? How do we use it for our advantage? Don't get stuck like head, uh, eyes in the headlights, you know, deer in the headlight thing. You got to keep moving. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep ideas and listen to the people around you because they got really good ideas. I mean, really good. And then go with something. Don't be afraid of it. Just keep moving forward. Don't get stuck. So and I think that's our that was a big success. My wife pushes in. My daughter, who's the manager here, she was very much, hey, we need to do this and we need to do this and this is how we need to do this. My wife was very much, this is the rules. We're going to follow this and this is how we're going to do this. And I had the opportunity to come in and go, okay, I've been doing this. Let's do this, 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 and this. So let's make that work, and then let's try it out. But just keep moving forward. Don't allow something like this to stop you. So adapt, improvise, overcome every day. You guys have won two Record Search Live Best of the North State Awards, 2019, 2020. Did you ever envision that? Was that ever a goal? Like, it seems like you're the kind of guy that like, in the back of your head, you may not say it out loud, you want it, but that's not the main focus. How good was that feeling to get it back to back years? And are you going for a third one? I mean- um, No, I wanted it. I didn't keep it in the back of my head. I said it when I, I started it. this, I was like, 
I want one of those. I want one of those. I want one of those. And we got beat out the first year, and then we got beat out the second year. We were like the bridesmaids, and I was like, you know. And, and then, then when we won it in nineteen, it was, it was. Oh, I, I can't even tell you. I think I cried. I just literally, I, I wanted that, and it absolutely, positively means nothing to nobody else but me. You know what I mean? It's, it's saying that. The way we do business is appreciated by everybody, and they think how we do business is successful. You know what I mean? And to have other people acknowledge that is, is, is I, I'm not saying it's better than sex, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying it's in the top three. I so, love it. So, but it's, and then to win it back, because I didn't, I didn't think we had it. We, we were up against some really, really stiff and, 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 and we were against Pibs and players, and those guys are solid, you know what I mean? And, and Pibs does so much for the community, you know what I mean? And a lot of that is, is how, how they work and how they do their business, and, and players does too. And we were, I was just like, there ain't no way, man, because <laughs> we're, just, we're just doing what we're doing, you know? We're trying to do the best we can, and there's a lot of competition for that. So for us to be able to take that home was like, was super cool. Super cool. Yeah, and I want the one next year too. I love it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like championship titles. I mean, it in is. a way, it's like your Super Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to be Aikman, or I guess Jerry Jones in this case. Yeah. Since you're a I did. Fan, but yeah, you got to be I Jerry Jones. On the field and, you know, yeah. I'd say it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Not the 27 other people that, that kill themselves every day here. I mean, these guys are, these, these kids are, we're, I've been hiring people for 30 years. This crew is amazing. They're amazing. They broke a record the other night that I threw up on a board that I said, hey, good luck with that. I what said, was the record? Uh, 10,160 in a night. Phew. Phew is right. There was some tired That's kids. insane. I know. They broke it. And I'm good just, for them. I'm so stoked with them. So they're, yeah. they're just, they're just, they just keep, whatever I think they can do it, they just keep showing me that they can. So really, really super fortunate. They're amazing, amazing group of people. So yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like winning the award last year may have been a little, a little juicier, a little sweeter, just with the circumstances compared to. I know the first one's always the toughest. It seems like, right. but in the year that was 2020, you guys winning it last year had to have felt just as good, if not maybe better than the first time. I mean, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, it 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 was good. It was good, but it was really different just for the fact that we were more focused on trying to stay open, trying to, you know what I mean, stay business and try to keep our business forward. And then to, for the, how that, it honestly came out of nowhere. I knew it was around when it started to come up. We're like, oh shit, that's part of that. We gotta do that. And so we started promoting it. And then it just, things got hectic here and we just lost kind of sight of it a little bit. You know what I mean? We didn't promote it as hard as we normally do. And, and, uh, and we were just busy doing business. And then for it to come back out that we won, and it was all on the slide. And we had, to, I had somebody called me and said, "Hey, I think you guys won this." And we're like, "What? Where's it at?" Because they normally have like a big dinner and a banquet, and it's, it's super cool. But this one right. was all online, so it was really weird. So we had to watch the whole thing to figure out if we won. So it was pretty exciting. But yeah, but yeah. The, each each time you make an accolade or you, or you get an accolade, it's like the biggest thing. I mean, it, you should never. To me, the second one was as big as the first one because it's just as important to me. It's about making the little things the big things. So once you do that, all the accolades are super, super important and exciting. And I, I get the same rush out of them, you know what I mean, every time. Yeah. So it's, not, it's never gonna be an old hat to me. 
What's your favorite memory from owning the place in the last four years? Did you guys take over in 2016 or 17? 2017. 17, okay. Well, what's your favorite memory? What's your favorite? Is it having all the football guys come down from Hill and stuff Friday nights? Is it like a particular thing, particular moment? Was it the awards? If you could name one. My, my favorite moment is is my wife quitting her job to come work with me. Believing that much in what I'm doing to give up her security and come here. That's my favorite moment. And then to watch how amazing she is and to watch my daughter and my sons work here, it's, that's, that's my favorite moment. So, but having 58 football players in here eating pizza, it's super great. Having a place that when nobody has power, that they come and flock here and they enjoy it. And they shake your hand, they smile. That's my favorite moment. My favorite moment is unlocking the back door. So it's, 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 there's so much. There's so much that it overwhelms you. But uh, those are my favorite moments. Yeah, great choices. Absolutely. Do you plan on passing it along to your kids and stuff uh, like that? Yes. Is, is, is that the, the goal? Yeah, I keep telling my daughter I'm going to retire. <laughs> I told her we were going to retire when I heard a certain amount for, for a year, and then we hit that, and I was like, well, I. Philip Rockefeller did an interview in 1976, I think, with Peter Jennings. And. Uh, the basis of the interview was they were sitting across from me and Philip Rockefeller was sitting there in his chair drinking tea. Nice suit. Philip Rockefeller, I mean the guys, and the guy says, well, Mr. Rockefeller, you're the richest man in the world. How much is enough? And I'll never forget, and I think I was probably about seven years old when I watched this, as he took a sip of his tea and he put it back on his plate and he looked over and he says, just a little more. And that's where I'm at there. I wanted to, I said, I'm gonna retire when we hit a number, we hit a number. I'm not ready to retire yet. So I put a bigger number up and then we hit the bigger number. And I'm still not ready to retire yet. So just a little bit more, but definitely at some point soon, hopefully, maybe, I'm gonna turn it over to my daughter because she is amazing at this. Not just because she's my daughter. Well, I mean a little bit because she's my daughter, but of course. for the majority of it, she, she's an amazing manager and I know, I know a good manager. I've been training her for 30 years. And she's got it. She is. Money. I had 10 of her, I could rule the world. So, but uh, yep, just a little bit more, and then uh, I get to go fishing all the time and play softball. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Do you guys ever plan on expanding this, or do you want to keep it like as the one off, as like the exclusive, like kind of thing where like Guy Fieri may walk in here one day and you have to go to this place, only like this place in this town is the only restaurant they have this at? Like, do you want to be that, or do you want to be Roundtable or Mary's? I, uh, I wanted, I wanted a second location. I got it hot under my skin after players got their second location. So I was like, oh, oh, they don't get a second location, and I don't. And uh, <laughs> I got hot about it for a while. My wife had to beat me with I a got stick. hired there when that <laughs> happened, so that, that's kind of funny hearing you so, say that, yeah. But uh, she had to beat me down with a stick a little bit, and, and uh, we have just gotten this place into the point that we can take a few weeks off if we want to, or we can leave at 2 o'clock if we want to, and the crew's really good. 
So when we start talking about a second location, I'm starting talking about 10 to 12 hours a day, seven days a week for at least a whole another year. And I'm thinking to myself, how much is enough? I mean, this pays all our bills and, and we live pretty good and we can take care of things that we want to take care of and go on vacation. So how much more do you need? I mean, why not just stay here, take the Nike approach and do one thing, try to do it better than anybody else. So I think, so I think that's where we're going to do and where we're going to stay. I don't, I don't, the opportunity to expand would have to be a phenomenal, I mean, just an absolute no-brainer to do that. Like, literally, no money, no-brainer, we'll put you in another building kind of thing. But uh, other than that, nah, I'll just sit here. I, no, this. it's a nice place. I do not blame you at all. So. so, I have a question, since you brought up players and whatnot. And there's been a lot of, and I, I, my former employer, I do love him, I, I hate to do this, but it did ultimately fail. There's been a lot of places that have failed right where they're at. There's a new pizza place there now on Churn Creek that is there now that I, I honestly don't know the name of, to be honest with you. So that goes to show you. Do you want to do just takeout and delivery, or do you want to have this community feel where you can come dine in, you can come, like you say, hear the chatter, football? What matters to you if you were to do a second location? Location. Well, I want a building that does what we do here. I don't want to change how I do business. I want to take my plan and put it in another building, which means I'm going to need a couple of banquet rooms. I'm going to need at least 4,000 to 5,000 square feet. I need a bigger kitchen. You know what I mean? I want to come in and be able to do business the same way I do business here. So, and I know that's, it's, it's totally, but that's how I have to do it. I'm not changing how I do business to be in another location. And uh, <clears throat> I don't, as, as, a, as an owner of Beat Pizza, I don't like to use the word fail. So um, if you take a chance to open up a second location and it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. But uh, that place is cursed. I mean, cursed. They, they came to it us is. about it. And it's, it's everything. But there's a lot of competition right around you. There's Roundtable. There's Mini Max. There's, there's everything right around there. And you're talking yeah. about a, a super busy part. You're just in competition with everybody there and, and it's you're either cutting your own throat to keep it cheap or you're not putting enough on it to make a profit you know what I mean so yeah. and if you're not used to doing business that way then that's a hard way to do business so I, I think that she gave it a really good try oh I absolutely just, I think that it's it just the clientele and what she was trying to do there and the competition that was around her they just why take on that kind of headache yeah so, I mean, why do that to yourself? I mean, she's got an amazing pizza truck and a, and a good established business in there, but I, I gotta tell you, I got hot on the do the second one too, and, and I just had to sit back and relax and say, hey, I enjoy going to play softball. I enjoy going in on vacation. I enjoy doing that. And if I get a second location, I can't do that. And I split the people here in half. So you change your efficiency in one building because you take half the people over there and half the people here. So you take what you do really good and you split it in half, or you take your focus and you split it in half. And I think one of the reasons we're successful is that our focus is right here, making the little things the big things. Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, I know Penny. I know she'll probably listen to this at some point. Penny, I love you. You know I do. I'm not trying to shit on players, but you're right. That What I mean to say is the building is cursed, of course. And yes. it's just not... I mean, you even have like a China, what, tea for you, the Chinese food spot right there. You have Food Max. You have, I think, like the Roots is over there. Like there's right. just a lot of food in the area. You know, and then if you don't want that, you can go to now Chick-fil-A or T-Bar or Sprouts Farmer's Market. Like, there's a lot of places you can go that are food-based to get right. different stuff besides pizza. And I, there is something about that building, man. There's a black cat running around there. It's, it's odd. 
There was an upper crust pizza there years and years and years and years ago where the army recruiting section is or where Prostoprano used to be. That used to be an upper crust okay. stuffed pizza. And I ran that for a long time, for about a year, two years. And uh, it was. It was just like pulling teeth trying to get money. It just That area is just really, really super tough. Yeah. I mean, really tough. So. Yeah, absolutely. What are your plans for the rest of this year post COVID, post all this stuff, you know, not knowing what's going on. Now that things are kind of getting back to normal, things are kind of flowing. Well, what are the plans for good times the rest of the year and beyond? We're just going to keep doing what we do the best we can every day. That's, uh, I don't know how to change it. We're going to open the, unlock the doors at, at 11 and lock the doors at nine. I mean, we're just going to continue to keep pushing forward and seeing how things turn out because I think there's, there's a lot of wake coming on this. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be moving after this that is in the wake of this that we'll just have to, you know, put our head down and, and weather. So we're just going to try to keep doing what we do the best we can do it every day. So but that's all we can do because right now there's a lot of uncertainty. And I don't want to think about it. I just want to continue to keep doing it and trying to adapt, improvise, and overcome. So, But uh, then I'm going on vacation. I didn't get to go on vacation last year at all. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I hear you on that. Where are you going? Where are you uh, headed? Well, we got three trips to Mexico where we've been putting off because we can't go. So we won some raffles and did some stuff. And, and so we got three trips, and we're going to try to take those this year. So. Awesome. And then we got Pizza Expo in Vegas, which is super fun. I was going to bring that up next, the large <laughs> smoking and whatnot. So uh, before we get into the large smoking pizza, which I haven't had yet, but I will try tonight, and I'll get back to you on um, what are some other, have any employees ever made any items or any stuff on the menu that you were like, yes, this is a go and it turned out to be a huge success? Like, is there anything on the menu now that someone here came up with? All those three pizzas on the border, they came up with. The social distance. Up, yep. They came up with the parm bites that they have here. We okay. give a lot of latitude to these guys to create things. And they're, they're, they're like bad scientists. I mean, I'm like, I can't eat that. Nobody can eat that. Okay. But you. So, uh, but they are, they're like total mad scientists and yeah. they come up with just the weirdest crap ever. But uh, I'm just like, well, if I like it, if I'm like, Hey, this is pretty good. Let's cost it out and see where we can be. And, uh, but it's, they, they come up with a lot of really great things. They probably come up with a half a dozen, eight, 10 pizzas. Like I said, they came up with the parm bites. We did the, the hot honey and peanut butter wings. Ooh. Which are super great. Oh, damn. Oh, so I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, that is a thing. It's like the secret menu. You got to know. So <laughs> I'm glad I know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they get a lot of freedom to do stuff like that. So, but uh, they, they, like you said, they're like, they're like crazy mad scientists back there. So they, they make some of the stuff that's just like, oh my God, nobody else can eat this but you. It's so flaming hot, you can't even move. <laughs> nobody can eat it. <laughs> The Large Smokin', you were telling me about it uh, pre-pod before we sat down and did this. And you guys are entering it into it's the Vegas Expo, is that what it's it, called? Uh, it's called the Pizza Expo, Pizza World Expo. Pizza Expo. And it's in Vegas, and it's amazing. It is, it is, it is, if you own pizza, it's a Disneyland pizza. It's anything okay. you don't want it. We did a, we went our first year, and they did an interview with us there, and then they used the interview as a promo spot the next year for it. It's super cool. It's on YouTube. It's awesome. Oh, so awesome. And it's, it's super great, um, if I should say so myself. Yeah, I, I'm you should. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but uh, it's it's an amazing, amazing thing, and we want to take the uh, smoking good time down and enter in the non-traditional uh, category. And uh, I just I I tasted the first year we were there. I tasted what took fifth place, and this pizza's gonna blow that away. 
So they ain't never seen nothing like this one. So I love it's, it. I'm super excited about it and, and, and I'm nervous about it, but at the same time, I'm super excited about it because there's just no way. Everybody loves that pizza. I mean, I've never had anybody come back to me and say, you know, that pizza sucks. Please don't serve that to me ever again. <laughs> So for all the listeners that may not have ever tried it, what's on the large smoke? Uh, it's a white sauce, and it has Canadian bacon, uh, pepperoni sausage, bacon, pineapple, and then we drizzle barbecue sauce over the top of it. It'll, it'll change your life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then that's happening, is that in the summertime, the, the Pizza Expo? Uh, well, they keep moving it back. It should have been this last month, and they, I believe they moved it back to August now. So they're trying to get ahead of this whole thing so they can have it. So, like I said, every day there's like a little something more, something more. So they're trying to push it out enough that in August they can plan for it and all the restrictions will be done. And you know what I mean? That way they can enjoy it. So. Right. Is there a concert series that happens there as well? I think I may have saw like tickets on sale for some some sort of expo or something in August. Maybe it wasn't in Vegas. but um, Well, a lot of times they have the bar and um, the bar expo right beside it, which is super fun. Just FYI, the Club and Bar Expo. We're gonna be sneaking into that one. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff, but they, I think they have they have a damn expo for everything. They have a bakery expo, just about anything. And right. Vegas is always a place to have it because they got the biggest. But I mean, this pizza expo is like it's like three acres. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like it takes up two of the convention halls in Vegas. I mean, it's just like literally it's a three day event. You literally can't get through it in a day. It's wow. amazing. Damn. Amazing. Do you know of any other local people that enter into that? Are you guys? Well, pretty much, uh, well, Penny goes to it, and uh, Poppy's okay. probably will this year, because she bought it last year, I think, and they didn't have it, so I would hope that she would do herself a favor and go to it, because it's amazing. It's, 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 the video, the video I'll show you afterwards, is, it just shows you everything. It's, it's amazing. And uh, it, it just, if you're in pizza, it's where you got to go. They have seminars, they have classrooms, they have beer and bull where you just sit in a room, drink beer, and talk about your pizza shop. I mean, oh, it's, man, it's, you love it's, that. it's super yeah. cool, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's take a break real quick, and then we will get into some Cowboys and some football talk. Awesome. All right, and we are back. So let's get into some football, man. Let's get out of the business. Let's get into some football talk. So I walked in here, and you have, honestly, some really badass shit. I'm not going to lie. you got <laughs> Emma Smith, Troy Aikman, and Michael Irvin signed jerseys. you got the Doomsday defense right. with, I don't know who any of those guys are, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm sure you could tell us. They're amazing. Uh, the Bob Lilly on there, the, the Perdals, and it's uh, number 63, 66, 75, 74. The last living members of the uh, – Doomsday defense, it's it's uh, it's it's super awesome. And then my Johnston. Yes, yeah. Moose You're Johnson. telling me that's your favorite, right? It is because I I just think Moose the 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 fullback position is such is not a position that's so much used anymore. You know what I mean? I wish it was. Yeah, too. I mean, I like Mike Allstock, the the even John Riggins. I mean, even back in the day, he was more of a fullback than he was a running back. You know what I mean? So, and old Moose, he, he was just that guy, man. And he's just, he's just an animal. And I think I dig it. So, but yeah, I got a couple more. And uh, it's, got a couple. I'm excited. I love this room. How'd you get all these signed, are you from Texas originally or going no, to games? I got to tell you, the, there's a there's a place in Reno at the, at the mall called the Art Box. And uh, he had them. And what I needed, he got. He went and got them for me and then framed them. So he got him. He custom makes all the, all the, all the matting on it and everything. 
So I told him what I wanted, and he went out and got it. Yeah. So it's super cool. Hell yeah. What made you become a Dallas Cowboy fan? How, how young were you? What was the first time? Was it uh, Staubach? Or... Well, I became a Dallas Cowboy fan because my whole family was Niner fans. I love it. So That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that was like, I fucking hate the Niners too, so I, I'm with you on that. My cousin Richie and I were Cowboy fans, and, and we just, because everybody else rooted for the Niners, and so we, I just stuck with it. I mean, Staubach was awesome. I mean, Landry was awesome. Drew Pearson, uh, Doug Renfro, Butch, uh, Butch Johnson. Yeah. Butch Johnson, the guy who played every year for a one-year contract. Got cut every year, got picked up the next year. Third and anything, Butch Johnson got the ball because he always made a first down. Butch Johnson, one of the most underappreciated, underacknowledged players ever. Butch Johnson. Cut every year, signed every year. By the Cowboys? By the Cowboys. Why, why did he take those deals? I, I have no idea. Maybe felt he had something to prove every year or said, that's odd. Because no one would ever do that these days. No, oh, man, and, no and they should. Ever do that, right. and, and they shouldn't. But. Because money is, the, is, is everything now. It's about getting paid. You got to get paid. You got to get paid. I I tell you what, I I enjoyed it more when people went out having the rookie contracts. I understand why they have them now, but at the same time, maybe you get your best performance out of the rookie out of the rookie contracts because you're trying to get a big contract. And once they get a big contract, I mean, how many times did that happen? They flattened off or plateaued off or right. you know what I mean? You usually get one big contract right. if you're lucky. If you're lucky, if you're the Farbs and and you know the the Peyton Mans, you get three. <laughs> right, at the so, very most. Right. Yeah. Are there Brady's or, yeah, <laughs> you gotta give it to that guy. Seven rings. <laughs> Seven. Do, do you, so, is Montana in your mind still the GOAT? You're telling me pre podcast, you're like, I don't know about Brady, he wouldn't be able to survive an LT hit, which I agree. Seven rings is seven rings, though. Seven rings is seven rings. You can't. Was the guy drafted in like the forty third round or something like that? I mean, God, they didn't even put his name on the paper. I don't think they're like. And this guy Brady, the quarterback. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna sit behind uh, Bledsoe. Yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, it, but you got to give him credit, man. The guy came out and he and then he and he did awesome at New England. I mean, as much as you got to hate him, you gotta you gotta respect him. I mean, he's got seven ranks. Right. So and he. he and he played with nobody. I mean, tell me three wide receivers off New England. Randy Moss. For De- two De- years. Dion Branch. <laughs> yeah, for Julian Edelman. three years. Like, and yeah. and they all went somewhere else. Right. I mean, he never yeah. played with, like, the triplets. Well, they played for eight years together. You know what I mean? None of that stuff. I mean, he played. <laughs> They're called the triplets? Yeah. They are. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, so they, were all, they were known as the triplets, so. <laughs> No, that's I mean, awesome. Some of the best ones, I mean, I mean, Emmett came from a, a nobody ever knew who Emmett was, you know. So he came into the league and he played for like a D two college or some weird weird shit like that. So, but uh, yeah, but you got to give him the. But Montana is the guy that no matter. I don't care if if someone asks you, you have one minute. Who are you putting the ball in the hands of? And you think in your head of everybody you know on a quarterback. If you have one minute. Who are you giving that ball to? Out of any amount of time in football, any any quarterback in football, who are you giving that ball to? I'm 22. It's Tom Brady all day. Okay. For me, it's Montana. That son of a bitch will beat you every time. 38 seconds left to go. He connects with Rice and or Craig out of nowhere. Some broken coverage, 64 yards. He's down 20-yard line. 16 seconds left to go. They could kick the field goal, but no. They're going for the they're touchdown. Gonna kind of go and they're going to score the touchdown. And then they'll score the touchdown yeah. every freaking time. 
So I think Montana, I personally think Montana is all-time GOAT. But like I said, GOAT's greatest of all time, greatest of his time. Brady may right. be the greatest of his time right now. Yeah. Favre be the greatest of his time. I don't know. You know what I mean? So I don't think greatest of all time is anything because the game's acclimately different from 1952 to 2021. Right. Oh, 100 So you can't say that you'd be great back then. You can't say that he would be great now. But I got to give you the his time, greatest of his time. Yeah, Montana was the guy that beat you every time, every freaking time. Farber Rogers. They said that Farb threw so hard that it would break fingers of the receivers. Yeah, they that's double, crazy. They double taped fingers just so because he threw so hard. Farb's a gunslinger, man. Yes. But if I got to go Farb 2.0, that's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy stepped into the system and was super successful. That's why you put a guy behind somebody for four years, so that he'll do that. Right. So, but I gotta still say, I'm still old school. I still pick Favre. Do you think Jordan Love's gonna be the next Aaron Rodgers, or is it just we'll wait and see kind of thing? Well, I can't believe that Hubert got drafted. So oh, I don't oh, know Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I watch that guy play college football. I was that. I have no idea why that guy's an NFL quarterback. And he's a rookie of the year. Place in Los Angeles. Like, yeah. Was there no rookies this year or something? I, I don't. I, I, I don't know, and I'm not knacking on him because I can't play the game. But uh, I was like, I mean, I I don't understand it. So, Unlikely, if you will. Well, that he would have that much success. But you can't. Rookie. You don't ever know, man. You don't. You don't ever know. He could have a really crappy freshman year and come out and study and just be guns light and, and lights out for his sophomore and junior year. You don't know, man. Right. Or he could just dwizzle away and be horrible. I mean, he could be another, you know, I mean, if you think of Michael Vick, he's just like up and down. He's like peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys. Warren Moon, I mean, uh, who was Detroit's quarterback, the one that bounced all over the place? Um, he played for everybody. I have no, I know uh, Stafford. And that's not it. Stafford. Uh, um, He's a coach for the Cowboys now. He's an offensive. It was an offensive. Anyway, it just some people are just solid beeliners. Some people are just sixty percent quarterbacks. Some people and and people like Mahomes are they're going to be great. They're right. going to be great because they have a passion for the game, man, and you see it. So and then there's there's quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson that come out and and they're good, but they're just. They're just there. I was going to go there next with you. Well, what do you make of like the mobile quarterbacks and stuff? Because they, they never seem to hit the peak everyone thinks they could hit. Right. Why is that? You have a lot more football watching experience than I do. I, I'm, I'm only about 10 years into the game. Why do you think that is? I don't think quarterbacks nowadays study the game. Not like they used to. I Not think, like Peyton Manning. Yeah. Somebody who understands every aspect or every nuance of every position or every look that he takes of the defense. Someone that puts in his mind that no matter if that, that middle linebacker moves over four foot, this is the scheme they're going to run. And I think that a lot of quarterbacks try to get by just on their talent. Surround me with great receivers. Okay, well, you got great receivers. Does it make you a great quarterback? But if right. you play with crappy receivers – and you still throw for the year for the record-setting yardage for the year. That makes you a great quarterback. You didn't have the A team; you had the B team, and you still did that. Right. That's like all the way back. 
to Brady. I mean, he didn't have a great team. In four, first four years of the league, he won three titles. Yeah, yeah. and then and then it's crazy. And then when he went to Tampa Bay, I mean, Tampa Bay wasn't a great team. I mean, everybody. And then they did have really good pieces though. They, Evans they and added, Godwin are good. They added they added pieces for him. So, but yeah, I, but it just I think that I think that a lot of quarterbacks come, especially the mobile quarterbacks, they come out thinking they're going to have the success they had in college because they move. And but you're playing in a different. You're driving Chevys in college. And, they're driving Ferraris in the NFL. So, but I think they try to get through on their talent and not on their, their studying skills, I guess. Right. No, and it makes sense because look at someone like Tua Tagabailoa. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. the last name. <laughs> you got that because I would have never even tried it. <laughs> that guy from Hawaii. <laughs> you look at Tua, though, and, I mean, there's already doubts. There's already whispers. There's already, like, oh. It, it was Saban, it was Judy, it was Ruggs, it was, you know what I mean, having Jacobs back there, like, also the hip injury. But, I mean, Lamar, uh, I'm not going to say he didn't come from anywhere, because even at Louisville, Mike Vick was saying this is the next Mike Vick, but Mike Vick didn't have, and we, we, know, we know why in the middle of the career, but he didn't have the career we thought he would have. I, I just, yeah. I don't know why. why. Why do you say the next Michael Vick? I mean, the, he, he, he's the Donovan McNabb, man, he gave up in a Super Bowl. I mean, Mike Vick never was the finished player. He never finished anything. Right, and that's what it feels like all these guys do. Yeah, the two wasn't stuff. Just, yeah. They're not ever finished product. You wanna, you wanna look at something? You look at Murray at Arizona. What's a guy five ten? He's about <laughs> as tall as I am. Yeah. You can't even see that guy over the offensive line back right. there. And this kid is scrambling around. He's running. He's making things happen. I mean, this is a kid that's working hard, studying hard. He has. He's a spud web of football. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you watch him. You yeah. literally, when the line sends up, you lose him. You cannot see him. It's and then he's just at the 30-yard oh, yeah, line. Yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah. It's just, some offensive coordinator is like, we're going to make this work. Watch this. This is going to be the this is going to be the hide the ball, run and shoot thing because nobody's going to be able to see him. But there's a kid that's working. That kid's working. He's got everything against him, and he's working. And you see some of these kids, six foot four, two forty, two twenty five, throws the ball, strong arm, got a six cent brain. <laughs> right? Six cent. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just. It, it just. It just drives me crazy. That has to be the gap. That has to be where the disconnect is. It's just not working hard. And, how do you, you know? How do you figure that out though? Between college and football, when you go to draft them, I mean, they already drill these guys. The Wonderlick test, and they do the whole psychologist thing. And and then if I'm the head coach, I'm sitting down with that guy, watching film, and seeing what his take on it is. And I don't bet you none of these guys do that. Bring that guy in in an NFL film and say, tell me what you see. That's Watch why I like the, uh, the Gruden QB camp before yes. he went to the break. Yep. That was a phenomenal show because you could tell, even when he had, you know, like the Derek Cars and right. stuff like that, you like you could tell who could play and who wasn't going to be able to play right. very easily. You know, because, I mean, it, the film doesn't lie and that interaction doesn't lie. It doesn't. You know? I agree 100% with that. And, yeah, it, it's very interesting. I think he even had, I think – he had Mahomes and Watson. I think it was the year before he went back to the Raiders on there. And, I mean, you just tell Mahomes was going to be the stud. No one knew who he was yet. Right. He was the guy that backed up Alex Smith, but you could just tell this guy was going to be a stud. you got to love Alex Smith, too, man. I mean, you got to pull Great for mentor. you got to gotta pull for Alex Smith. I mean, yeah. there's going to be guys like that. Right. And to have that kind of injury. And even before the injury, just first overall pick, he didn't really pan out in San Francisco. Right. Rodgers is doing what he's doing in Green Bay. Won him a Super Bowl early on. Right. He's always compared to him. Whatever. 
Kaepernick replaces him, so he goes to KC. They have the multiple. <laughs> as you make a face, because I know the listeners. Kaepernick, come on! <laughs> Literally, whose idea was like? It was like, well, we got Kaepernick, or I guess we just got Kaepernick. Yeah, put him in. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm phenomenal. Shut up and play football, man. Good Lord Almighty. <laughs> and you're not even that good. And then they paid him out to shut up, and then he won't shut up. See, see the NFL, they came to a conclusion. They paid him some god-awful amount of money. Nike paid him god-awful amount. I'll say Nike definitely yeah. paid him. Well, the NFL paid him to shut up and go away. Right. That's that's what that Undisclosed was. Undisclosed amount. But you got to know that it's it was in the millions. I see. I don't Probably think three it was that big of a deal. I think it was three digits. What? You think it was $100 million? Yeah, I think it is. I think so. And I think when that comes out, people like you're laughing at me, they're going to go, oh, no, they didn't. And they're like, oh, yes, we did, because he was a distraction. Uh, not a good one. And, not, and he was bad for the NFL. And then they let him loose. They let him <laughs> He didn't work. The workout thing where he, he did it is he's like, no, we're not working out there. We're working out here. Right. Right. And, and yeah. That's how it ruins the NFL. That's, that's why people don't take chances on other people. That's why teams won't do this or won't do that, because people like that give NFL a bad name, give – you know, I mean, quarterbacks or rookies or drive. It just it, it, shut up and play football, man. Right? I, I I hear you. You know, someone that you also know. I don't know if you know him that much personally, but Mr. Ken Zierley, owner of Compass Sports Cards. Yes. You just catered to I him just, on Friday. Yeah. yeah. I don't know him that well, but I know Sambo. So that's, that's oh, okay. With him. So yeah. I know him a little bit better than I know. But I like that cat. I met him a couple times. He's He's funny. He's got the same take on it as you do. He's like, look, man, this is. And I feel the same way. I'm not as vocal. I kind of understand some of the political, social aspect stuff, whatever. But this is our escapism. I do not want to. He brought up a great example. I don't want to see Jill and Joe before the Super Bowl talking about vaccines, dude. Yeah. I'm here to escape that. I look. I know it's the stage. I know there's a hundred million sets of eyeballs. <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to see it. Right. And I can't help but agree. Because that was our form of escapism, even five years ago. And then it all just, it happened with the, you know, two elections ago and all that stuff. It, it all just became what it is now. And I, I think it's a runaway train. I don't think it's going to stop. I think all this stuff's kind of here to stay, especially right. with the NBA. That's where the wake behind it. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'll tell you what really, truly the one thing that ruined football is. What's that? If you want to know. I, I, absolutely. Fantasy football. I love, why is that? I have not heard this take before. I used to go out and just watch my Cowboys play and enjoy my Cowboys playing. But I got two receivers on the other team in my fantasy league, and I need one more win to get in the playoffs. <laughs> it's ruined me for football. So you're watching not, that game just yeah, to see if Yeah, and I got to pick up a Niner tight end because he's like one of the best tight ends, and I swear to God I would never have a Niner on my team ever. And I got to pick him up because I, it's the fifth round, and he's still out there, and I got to have him right. because I want to win this league. Kittle fell the fifth round in your league? <laughs> If Kimmel falls in the fifth no, round, he really probably went the third. We're we're that's crazy. So, but yeah. I got to pick him up, right? And I don't want that's a nine around my team. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, ruined football for me. I can't even sit down and watch a game without trying to figure out who's okay. I got this defense playing. I, the worst thing in the world is my quarter plot was playing my defense, and I needed like twenty-seven points. And they were so just you don't playing, know who to yeah, cheer for. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, do I cheer for the pick because I got two or <laughs> right? Oh, it was just horrible. So it's just ruined football, man. <laughs> I hear it. 
So I have, I guess, what they call a hot take about your your Cowboys. Not Dak or Zeke, who, I mean, look, Zeke looks like he eats here every night. I mean, it, it's getting bad. Like You should stop showing it, too. That's all I'm saying. Shirt, Zeke, if you're listening, man, put a real shirt on. Get off the half shirts, man, because that six-pack ain't a six-pack. No, it's a cooler. Okay? It's an iceberg cooler with a big white one. It's a Yeti. It. Yeah, it's a Yeti. It's a two-handle Yeti. Put the shirt on, brother. Two-handle Yeti. So I feel like Gallup might be your guys' best receiver. And, and C.D. Lamb will come into his own. I think C.D. will eventually be. Look, dude, I watched plenty of Amari Cooper in Oakland. Right. Motherfucker drops balls all the time. <laughs> That's got to drive you nuts. I know he's improved on it and stuff, but I do feel like Gallup, if nothing, is the most talented Cowboy receiver. Did he go somewhere else in free agency? He did. Where'd he go? I, I don't know, but I you know, know what? I'm gonna look this up. Okay. But yeah, let's the, do it. you know what? And Amari Cooper, you're right. In Oakland, he dropped a whole bunch of balls. But you know who he doesn't drop balls for? Dak Prescott. He does not drop balls for Dak Prescott. Very, very fair. Very fair. But uh, the it, it, CC is going to be great. He, oh, he reminds me so much of Michael Irvin. It's not even funny. He's arrogant. He's and he's poised at the same time, and he will sell out for a catch. He will take he will take it into the chest. He will go over the top. He will. He's a kid that is hungry and wants to be great. And I, and I think that the times he spent with uh, Michael Irvin talking to him and stuff like that, and I think I just see a lot of Irvin in him. I see you. Give me the ball, man, because when games on the line, winners want the ball. So and Gallup is awesome too, because that's I mean you got Cece and, and Amari and 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 Gallup, but that third receiver, no matter who that's going to be, is going to be great. Because they're going to double team one and cover the other, and you run the slant, leave them in the flat. That guy's going to get a lot of balls. Good so, luck, basically. Yeah, because yeah. it's just like Edelman. I mean, Edelman's not a great receiver. Right. Okay, but the scheme they had him in made him look like an, a pro bowler. Hundred percent. So and yeah. he and he was just this short dude that ran the ball well. Right. And he got the ball and ran it. That's what he did. Very true. I have an update. Michael Gallup is still a Dallas Cowboy. Oh shoot. He's still there. He is still there. His rookie deal expires after this year, though. Oh, I thought it was this year. That's going to be interesting. I think they'll sign him. I think they'll have enough. I think so, too. You brought up C.D. Lamb and him wanting to get the ball and stuff like that. I remember, I think, honestly, it was my favorite catch of the year. One of the most... One of the best catches of the year, for sure. I believe it was in the Vikings game. You guys went on the road. You guys were down in the ditch, whatever. Just lost to the Eagles and shit like that, which I, I, I hate to rub it in. Sorry, but... He made this catch against the Vikings that was absolutely phenomenal. I think he like turned a shoulder and was like falling down as the ball was like <laughs> arriving, right. right? And it caught it in the back of the end zone, and it was definitely uh, probably the best catch of the year, to be honest with you. It was absolutely phenomenal. I, I think he's going to be a total stud. I'm totally with you on that. What do you make of Dak Prescott's new deal? Well deserved. Are you happy about it? Would you rather have kept Dalton or Romo or no? <laughs> <laughs> you got to give it to Dalton. I mean, good Lord. That, that poor guy. <laughs> he's like the red-headed stepchild nobody likes. He's a bear now. He's Yeah, he's a... Yeah, and I had a lot of my Chicago friends call me and be like, Dude, like I had something to do with him being traded. Right. You know, I'm like, yeah. I didn't call Jerry and be like, Hey, you got to send him to the Bears. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gave him but, $10 million. But I don't know, man. Maybe, he, maybe he's just looking for a system. And I truly believe that... Some of these quarterbacks like Dalton and Trubisky and, and things, they're just looking for the right system. Thank you. 
And I, mean, I, I fuck with Trubisky, man. I like Trubisky a lot, dude. I just don't think that was the right system for him. I don't man. think so either. I think there's one out there, and I think that's why they recycle these quarterbacks so much, is that somebody says, hey, maybe this guy will be successful in our system. You know what I mean? He's got skills. There's, he made it in the NFL, man. He's an NFL starting quarterback. He's got skills. There's no getting around it. Right. But the system doesn't work for him. And you can and you can watch it. Donovan McNabb was a run and gun. And then they made him a pocket passer. And it didn't work for him. And they tried to run. And he, you know what I mean? It wasn't how the system worked. Right. So it, I just really honestly think that, that quarterbacks need to find the right system. And maybe that system, I mean, if they got some... Receivers and buffed up their offensive line and gave him an opportunity to throw. Dalton's still got a couple years left in him. I think so too. He's yeah. a strong arm quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. I mean, he played in the crappiest system with nobody. Right. For years and he's still here. So I mean you gotta give him something. And deadbeat Cincinnati. Ah, what is in Cincinnati? I mean Joe Burrow's there, but you know. Good luck, Joe. because um, you don't have a wide receiver <laughs> right. or a tight end. Yeah. Or any kind of defense. It's it's so, true. They might get his buddy Jamar Chase from LSU though, his, his college team. Yeah, I think I read a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to follow five. five. Five's a little a little low for Jamar because I, I feel like maybe I know the Niners traded up to number three. Maybe they try and grab someone. I think they're going quarterback. I, I don't think they believe in Garoppolo after he overthrew Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders in the Super Bowl. But hey, you know I, I knew you'd love that. So yeah. <laughs> That contract was stupid out of New England. I mean, you're like, what? He went 5-0. and That was like an Oakland contract, you know what I mean? We're oh. going to give up seven picks and a billion dollars that we get your backup quarterback because we think we think he's the, he's the one. Brady's like, yeah, get that guy out of here. <laughs> Thank God. I'll win two Thank more you. bulls here. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man, that's awesome. And then, then you're like, then you're like, well, I guess he ain't panned out. Well, yeah, he don't pan out because he never was a good quarterback. He played in a system. Right. Right. San Francisco's system is completely different. West Coast. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just – I'm telling you, there's a thing to that. It's finding that right quarterback. Maybe Burroughs will be great. Maybe that's, that's, his, that's his system. Right. Maybe you'll be a Ryan Leaf. I hope not. I don't know. I, I collect sports cards. Are you a sports card guy? Do you collect no. any sports cards? Because you have the memorabilia and stuff. I, got, I, 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 I collect a little bit of helmets and signed helmets and jerseys. Pretty much just things I like. So I I, I can't get up because I'm obsessive compulsive. So if I start collecting sports cards, I'll be like, I'll have a room full of sports cards. <laughs> Staring back and at you. And my wife will be divorcing me. So. <laughs> I didn't know if you had any like cool, badass, like, Dak Prescott or like Irvin signed like oh yeah I got I got I got the helmet with the triplets on it I got a I got a San Diego helmet that has West Chandler Charlie Joyner and um, West Chandler Charlie Joyner and uh, who's the third anyways a great San Diego Charger helmet it's it's amazing it's it's I'm not even a San Diego Charger but I literally watch those guys play and they're all in the same helmet it's super cool yeah hell yeah no that's awesome. So real quick, I want to hit on the Mitchell Trubisky thing because you said you listened to episode 75, which right. thank you. Um, and I know I went on a little tangent in there about how I don't think he's as bad as everyone thinks he is. The dude could throw. Yeah. The dude doesn't throw that many interceptions. He went to Buffalo, though, which is kind of a head-scratcher. You're going to be behind Josh Allen the whole year. I think maybe it's just like a reset kind of year for him. Go learn from someone that, you know, is about the same age as him and whatnot. But... I mean, would you take him on the Cowboys if Dak went down again? Like, would you make a midseason trade? I mean, what would you do, just even from that perspective, or if you were a team? 
I think Trubisky's not too bad. I don't know why I'm bringing this guy up right now, but hey. If they – if Dallas Cowboys go and get Trubisky, I'm going to probably become a, a Texas fan. <laughs> because you can't make that many bad decisions and, and expect people to stay with you. I mean, you really can't. I mean, Dalton alone, this is like, you, you got what? <laughs> Why would you text Is this just like, is it tryout time? Did he, like, make it? I mean, they had they had that kid from... Uh, uh, from Nooch. Nooch, yeah. Danooch. Yeah. Let him play, man. Your season's crap already. Right. Give him some time. Let him play. If you finish 2 and 14, what? That's out. You're not going to the Super Bowl. You you finished seven to nine, and you almost won the division, and the crappiest <laughs> division in football. Right. And let the kid play. Good Lord Almighty, man. Yeah. That's at that point, just rebuild. Start working on your 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 second your, your second string player. Start developing other players to get in and get some game time. You know what I mean? You rest your the people you're paying because you're paying them anyway. Right. Not like you're not. And get these kids in there and see what they do, man. Maybe somebody pops up. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. That's just my thought process. Yeah. I mean, you're not winning the Super Bowl. If your starting quarterback goes down, you're not winning the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, Unless you're the Eagles. Which, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Let's Sorry talk about the Wentz card track. Like, why do we do that? Why do we let somebody come in and, and, then, and then somebody pays them some trillion-dollar contract and they go there and suck? The Jaguars, yeah. The guy pulls $80 million or something and, like that. Uh, trade them after one year. It was year. like $60 million guaranteed and shit, so... <laughs> The NFL man, you can get sixty million. It just million doesn't. It just it doesn't. Well, that's a Demarcus Russell um, contract. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, what he yeah. he got like one hundred and sixty or one hundred five year, seven year, one hundred sixty million, and oh, sent like one hundred twenty six million of it was guaranteed. They wrote him a check, and that was the last time they saw the quarterback, Demarcus Russell. <laughs> Guy didn't even finish like the first season, I don't think. Good lord. Yeah, hey, I'm out. Peace. Oh man, that is awesome. Um, real quick before we get out of here, is there any upcoming community events you guys are a part of? Anything upcoming in the next couple months or so that you want to promote? Um, the Cool April the Cool April Nights, not the original Cool April Nights, but the, some people have gotten together and promoted a new Cool April Nights because they're not going to do the Cool April Night at, at the Civic Auditorium. So a lot of car shows, Cicada, um, that area, we're going to be there. And then okay. the big uh, North uh, Bow Shoot out at... Um, Straight Arrow is uh, a world event coming up. A lot of people don't know about it, but uh, bow shooters from around the world come into Reading and shoot at a, at a world event. Oh. It's super cool. That so does sound it's cool. It's like a three-day event, and it's, it's, it's just super fun and super cool, and we get an opportunity to go out there and sell pizza and, and watch that, and it's, and it's a lot of fun. So, But, yeah, that's, those are two big ones coming up that we're going to do, and uh, we've got a bunch of weddings and caterings and little things like that, So, which is a really huge thing because – People, we've been doing a lot of weddings lately. People just want pizza for weddings. It's, it's kinda, easy. You just pass crazy, it out yeah. and just kind of, yeah, you don't got to do all the fancy stuff. No, you just yeah. kind of show up, make pizzas for a couple of hours, and then you bell. Right. They write you a check, and you leave, and you're like, well, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So. Well, thank you, Troy, for coming on, man. I had a wonderful time. Hopefully you did as well. I got hats for everyone. I appreciate uh, it. took home a hat. I really appreciate it. And... Uh, yeah, come on down to Good Times Pizza and Things here in Palisadro, man. This is a really cool place. I'm really a big fan. And awesome. I can't wait to have some food. Take oh, it home you're going to love it. I appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. So. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. So. If you guys have made it this far, thank you for listening. I'll be back here very soon. And have a good night. See you later.